What's up, everyone? Welcome to the first episode of Product Mastercast. Um, today's topic is around getting started in Agile or becoming a Scrum Master. Um, this is one of the biggest questions that everyone gets asked. Lots of people are hearing about it and wanting to know how they can uh, join the journey. So um, I thought for my first episode, why not bring the person that was there for my start, the person that helped me get my training done, um, is someone that works for a company called Think Agile and um, he does the training for them. So I'll let him explain, but uh, Bevan Williams, thanks for joining us today. Cool, thanks so much, Bobby. It's great to join in and yeah. help out where I can. Um, yeah, so I'm an Agile coach and trainer at yeah. Think Agile. Hmm. Um, yeah, um, I met Bobby in one of our trainings in Cape Town, and then we've kind of interacted quite a lot since then hmm. in a lot of sites yeah. and meetups online. Exactly. Yeah, so it's but great to be here. I'd love us to chat about the community because for me, it's been, I actually almost stumbled across it. And then once I realized what it was and how amazing it was, um, yeah, just the value that it has. So we can definitely touch on that um, as we talk. But um, I want to give you the, the opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, tell us about Bevan and tell us more about Think Agile. Like, what do you sure guys thing. do there? Yeah, so um, I've been with Think Agile now since the beginning of last year. So it's been about a year and a half now. Uh, we do a lot of uh, agile consulting, training, coaching. Uh, we work with uh, from individuals all the way to large organizations, um, helping them with their journey towards more agile way of working. Mm. Um, my own journey started uh, with agile over 10 years ago. So as an sure. engineer, uh, mm -hmm. I was taught an iterative way of working in my first ever job. Uh, the manager that I had at the time never ever called it agile at the time. It just made sense to build things in small increments and build onto what was there before. Um, having learned waterfall in university, right? So, you know, you come yeah, out of university, was... you have this, you know, I'm going to go out and change the world. And then you get there, mm -hmm. the world's nothing like what they told you Not about. Like um, I got exposed to Scrum. Um, at some stage uh, as a management tool. So I'm sure everyone's heard of the bad stories of Scrum being used as a micromanagement tool. That was my first experience as well. Um, oh, I'm just, um, I, yeah, I just, uh, I was the kind of person that uh, didn't like being told what to do, especially when it was something that I knew I could do better. So I went and learned how to become a Scrum Master on my own time um, okay. and just kind of practice. So I had a very patient Scrum Master at the time um, who had to report to the manager and do whatever the manager said. Uh, but I learned a lot through him mm -hmm. and uh, eventually I became a manager of a team. So not necessarily scrum master, but a manager of a team. And through that kind of learned how to apply this um, idea of servant leadership as a manager and grow scrum masters as well. And through that became an agile coach and eventually moved to think agile. Yeah. Um, yeah. I find it so fascinating that people talk about like, um, yeah, that micromanagement. Um, I find myself when I have to work with people that are a little bit older and have, you know, maybe worked in a more waterfall sort of approach, they get a bit twitchy when you want to come and do this and they feel like we're micromanaging them. But it's not that. It's about breaking down the silos and all of that. And But it's, it's a great journey. Um, I've really enjoyed also implementing it. Uh, just another story on my side, uh, when I, because I was working at Sweep South at the time, and... Um, I went in and obviously from your lessons, I started implementing some of the stuff in there. And the, my manager, he used to work at NASPERS. And um, I started putting stickies on the wall. And he was like, oh, yeah, no, I've done this before. Is this agile? I'm like, yeah, this is agile. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so um, yeah, thanks for that sort of introduction into Think Agile. I, I definitely want to, we can chat about it again later. So um, my question I want to kind of start also with is, do you find that if somebody's interested in Agile, that Scrum Master is that entry point into it? Or how would you kind of advise someone that was interested in finding out how to get into the space? That's a, that's a great question. It's one that I get asked a lot. Uh, both online, both in person, um, people are very generally quite curious as to, you know, how do you get into it? I've obviously got my own idiosyncratic story experience of how I got into it. Um, mm -hmm. But the more people I meet and the more people I speak to about the same topic, I realize there's a common thread. Um, very few people I know actually just start in one of these agile roles as a product owner or a scrum master. They're generally in some ancillary or related role already. Mm. So a lot of people, a development or testing background so pe people that are actual individual contributors um, that kind of take on the role of the scrum master before making it official um, and then I've been fortunate to experience the journey of people that have made complete career switches um, mm -hmm. but have had to make massive sacrifices either in salary or, um, um, or just you know personal time to try and get into that role um, to start it off so um so i've i've now transitioned from scrum master um and it was interesting because uh, like i said working at sweeps out um they didn't have a product team they didn't have that, any of that sort of in place yet and so just trying to start implementing into the company um find myself now when i look back i was already doing a, a product product owner role um but then you know doing all the scrum facilitations and stuff like that um, so how does a person like sort of separate that? I know that you guys, uh, for example, have product owner um, uh, courses. How does someone in, uh, understand which one to do first? Or do you feel it, it actually matters? So, so that's, that's another great question. Um, so we've just recently launched a more generic Frameworkless Agile Fundamentals course, so it's also a certified course, so a certified Agile professional through IC Agile, which is also internationally recognized. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason for that was because um, while most people in the industry I know start off with something like the Certified Scrum Master, Certified Scrum Product Owner, it is very specific to a single framework. Um, mm -hmm. And what we have found is that um, South Africa as an industry is still very much dependent on certification. Um, okay. So, you know, before even getting into that door, people want to see, hey, what is the certification that you have? Is it internationally recognized? Some semblance of competence um, or some kind of training or, or foundation level um, understanding of the topic before actually getting started in that. Um, I, I've not seen people that haven't started with our certification. So in terms of uh, people that have started and just done it themselves. Mm. Um, so I started that way. I actually worked um, learning from extreme programming and Scrum uh, yeah. for about five years before I got my certification. Sure. Um, and I, I know quite a few other people that started that way as well before certification became a requirement to being in that role. So there I was quite comfortable still being a developer. Um, but I know that if I ever wanted to move into a Scrum Master role at a company, I would mm -hmm. have needed that certification. Yeah. Um, so, so the journey that people can take is very, very fluid. Um, mm. And depending on what they're passionate about, um, certified Scrum Master in terms of that certification is probably the more generic one. Um, both CSM and CSPO 
start off with a very large portion of understanding of what the agile mindset is. And yeah. then it goes into the specifics of the role itself. So again, it depends what you're more passionate about. Mm. I, I liked it. So when I did the course with you, it, um, it teaches you a framework. I always think of the, the saying, teach someone to fish and they can, you know, eat forever or, or you know, that whole saying. And uh, I felt that's what, what you guys provided at the training. You gave us that um, framework of how do you go now and fish for yourself. Any other sort of tips that you would like to maybe going forward? Yeah, I think the one tip probably that's come up the most from people I've spoken to is actually, it's very difficult to start as a Scrum Master in South Africa with no experience. In fact, I've, I've never seen a job ad saying, hey, we want to hire a Scrum Master with no experience. Um, so what I've noticed for the people that have got into the industry, and, and you are one of the examples that I've, I've used um, before, mm -hmm. is um, what role are you in now? What, can, what are those lessons that you've learned can you bring into your job right now? Exactly. Um, and, and, and that seems to be the thing. I mean, I've, I know of people, a friend of mine, um, she wanted to get into the industry kind of as well, a uh, different perspective, but she could only get a job as a project manager. So it was like, yeah, well, go for it. You know what it could be. Um, yeah. Try it and see how you can split it, right? So just yeah. because you have a title, the responsibilities yeah. you can still split. So um, that's, I mean, that's a tip that I see is, is, is yeah. the most. Is if you can't I think get it's the, the job you want created 100% um, that's exactly what I did at sweep south I mean I did the course with you guys yeah. and then I was like oh my gosh I need to take this back to work I really need to go yeah. implement these things um, and I was in operations and um, mm -hmm. we had so many things that we were trying to do and we had so many like ideas and whatever and then I just sat everyone down got everyone to write down what their ideas were and then we started playing poker with them and I could literally yeah. see the light bulbs going off around the table. People were going, yeah. oh, okay. That means we need capacity for that because we all agree that's the most important thing. Boom. Yeah. The company Absolutely. wasn't the same. Yeah. I mean, there's so much, there's, there's quite a lot of stigma and, and context around these terms, agile, scrum, right? So you go to, you go to your company and say, we're going to do scrum and people immediately get, you know, uh, you mentioned it at the beginning, you, people kind of will go like, Oh, what's going to happen tomorrow? Don't go in there and say, we're going to do scrum. Do that and say, Hey, um, I want to try something. Like yeah. let, let's try something. Um, I learned this new technique for having a conversation around requirements. Like, can we give it a try? Like, let's just try it once. Or like you said, let's yeah. just put some stuff up on a wall and talk about yeah. the capacity, right? So, I mean, this, the skills that you learn in these trainings and the skills that you learn through mm. your own, you know, research and learning, you can still apply without having a formal role. Um, no, 100%. So, yeah. Another big thing from my experience, what I did was there was um, the support team. So, I was obviously in operations and the operations and the support are obviously so linked, right? But there was no communication between the two. There was like these two silos. And I started having meetings where they were sitting around the table and we were like, well, we're dealing with the same people here. Um, I'm still early in my journey. I'm like, okay, so users, we are dealing with the same users. Let's start understanding. I've got to do user stories at some point. Here I'm talking about users and I just had the people sitting around the table and, and they started getting voices. They were like, I'm getting heard. And again, <laughs> it was just all yeah. those small things happening on a daily basis. And I was like, wow, the, 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 the learning curve was just like that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think one of the biggest legacies of the waterfall or traditional way of working that, that needs to fall for Agile to start working is just for people to speak to each other. 
right? Um, we've built silos on expertise and we're like, your bonus as an individual is more important than your collaboration with the rest. I mean, it's never said that directly, but essentially mm. that's the behavior that, you know, individual bonus kind of drive. Um, and there's almost that joke about like, you know, what do you do as a scrum master all day? It's well, you would tell people, Hey, have you tried speaking to that person? So, um, yeah. <laughs> You know, um, so I I obviously left Sweep South and then I went to another company and I was put on a project. And again, um, two very separate roles. Uh, It was a funny company. Um, But there were these guys that were working in the company in the same office. Just one was like, you know, on a higher level. But you could see each other if they just did that. They had been working at the company each for I don't know how many years. I think the one was there for eight years and the guy was there for three years. And I found myself going and asking the one downstairs the question, going up and I was like, what am I doing? And I got the guy from downstairs, I said, come upstairs, I want you to chat to this guy. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I assumed that they'd known each other. And with, as I started talking about what I was trying to solve, it's like, you guys don't know each other. Whoa, 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 yeah. you've been working here for three years and you haven't met each other. <laughs> what? Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, what do Scrum Masters do? They facilitate that. There you go. Yeah. yeah, and that's a, a lot of new Scrum Masters actually get quite, and I mean, I did as well, right? When I first learned about Scrum, I was like, I have to fix all the problems and resolve all the impediments. So we were quite deliberate in our training. We are like, um, if that doesn't mean you actually go and you go and run between the people, like you said, it's resolving mm-hmm. the impediment or facilitating the removal of impediments, but simply just be and saying, hey, you have a problem. You sound like you have a solution. Why don't you have a conversation and see where it comes yeah. up, right? Yeah, and that's, yeah exactly. Yeah. In that same company I'm talking about, did this did a very very much that, um, and the guy. So what I did was like, okay, there was a very old, outdated software on on the market, and we were tasked with now doing a rebuild and to make it modern. It looked like it was a Windows 95 program for a big retail company. I won't mention any names, yeah. and um, so we were sort of outsourced to to do this upgrade and. Um, and I just brought everyone in the, in, in the room. I had UX and, you know, the front end, back end. Um, and I had the technical support guys that were dealing with actual project uh, product on the market. And I got them all into a room and I started telling them what we were busy with. And the, the technical support guy, he was like, wow, we just made history in this company. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I've never sat in a room with, with the complete team of people working on the same product. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> and it's those <laughs> exactly right. No, um, yeah. and those are the things everyone takes for granted. Like we spoke over, spoke about earlier. Yeah. Um, what does a, what does a scrum master do? And what like yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> and now yeah. in this remote, you need to facilitate that even that much more. Correct. Yeah, I um I got a tip from um so I worked um you know remotely for so many years working with the teams in Taiwan, Ukraine, you know Cape Town. Um, and, you know, we managed to foster a, 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 quite a good collaboration between some of the people. Like, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say it was perfect, but there were some teams that were inseparable. Like this day, even though all left the company multiple years ago, they're still in contact with each other. So, I mean, mm, friendships can nice. and will form if you create space for that. Um, mm. I, I, I can't take credit for all of that. Like I said, that, that, that other Scrum Master that came in and brought in this whole idea of you know, nonviolent mm. communication and focused very much on the people element, a lot more than mm. I ever could. And it was just amazing to see the change. Um, so it can be done remotely. It's just, if you need to create that space for it, it's harder, yeah. it's more work. You have to be deliberate about it, but it definitely can 
and and does happen so yeah yeah so i've got a scrum master that's that's joined our team and uh just a little bit inexperienced but learning and I, i'm like you know just sort of you know feeding yeah you know, i need you to coach the team and, and get them to understand these things and you can see because now it's in a remote setting she joined the company while during lockdown right so she's wow. actually never met these people in person that's um, hard yeah yeah exactly right and now it's a matter of like how do you facilitate these things like you got to just keep going and keep coaching keep talking and just understand the fundamentals of what we need to do and just you know drive it home and and i can see the light bulbs going and the learning for her as well just doing this which is which is also great to watch from from my side yeah yeah, yeah for sure um well i mean that's the thing with remote things one of the big things that i've always learned is is the idea that um we don't only speak about work with our colleagues. When we're in an office together, there is a lot of time just mm. spent talking about jokes. You see something on someone's desk and you have a conversation and say, oh, I love exactly. this knick oh, man, I there. miss that. Um, and that falls away when we're remote, right? So like something a Scrum Master can do as well is just making space for you know, having a conversation that's not got anything to do about work as well. Mm. Um, I know, so the, one of the colleagues I work with now, um, Dylan, I work with, he actually gave a good thing that they used to do when he used to work remote as well. He said they would have a Zoom call, or I don't know what it, maybe it was Skype at the time, um, mm. that was always on. So I know Teams does yeah. it quite easy. You can just have a call that's always on. Um, you're listening in, and whenever you wanted to say something, you could either just go yeah. to that room and see who was there to have a chat, or you yeah. could just unmute yourself and you know, have a chat. Um, yeah. And that's like such a small little thing that could work quite yeah. well. I've thought about uh, that. That's like a, that. Yeah. And it worked? For, for him. So he raved about it. I, again, I've never tried it to that extent. So, um, mm. I, I mean, even with, you know, working remotely so many years, like I learn things new all the time. Um, mm. So, yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned Zugza earlier and stuff as well. I'm like, I learn so much every single day that I speak to other people that are doing what I'm doing. So people that are new, people that have been doing it for, you know, even longer than I have, but way longer than I have. So I'm quite fortunate. I've got some experienced colleagues. Um, mm. So I love it. I mean, as long as you're always open to learning new things, like you, you, you mm. will just be amazed by all the things that people have mm. tried and that have worked for them that haven't worked for them. So there's a never ending list of things that you can try, especially with remote. Yeah. yeah. So to give an example, we introduced the thing called fun fact of the day. Um, it started by me reading an article about what was the most viewed um, products on Take-A-Lot during lockdown. And it was vacuum cleaners. And I was like, guys, this fun fact of the day, vacuum cleaners is the most searched item on Take-A-Lot. And that just spiraled into fun fact of the day. The amount of things I've learned and the conversations that I had, like you said, like not seeing that knickknack on the, on the desk without you know, facilitating those conversations organically i mean did you know a banana is a herb i mean i still freak out about that one what and there's so many yeah yeah so i want to kind of stick to to the scrum master part of it because i think a lot of people see that as the, like people hear more about the word scrum master than they hear of a product owner or a business analyst so for the people that are watching um we can stick for those that want to learn more about scrum master so one of the biggest questions that i get asked is um do you need to have technical knowledge or programming knowledge to become a scrum master <laughs> and go <laughs> you've, you've really lined up these really good questions um but I, this one i actually 
feel uh, I, weirdly excited to answer because um, yeah. I have some, I have my own strong views on this. And, and again, there's no right or wrong answer here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to the consultant's answer of it depends. Um, in fact, the best answer I ever got to this, and it's the one that really has formed my opinion on this, um, is by a certified scrum trainer in the UK by the name of Nigel Baker. Um, and he actually calls this thing the scrum scale. And what he does, he's kind of taken some of the concepts from Wardley mapping um, to talk about the fact that certain practices have more or less value depending on the time they're used within the team. So you imagine okay. like an X and a Y axis, the Y mm -hmm. axis of the graph is, a graph is value to the team and yeah. the X axis is time. Yeah. So if you're working with a technical team that is using Scrum for the first time, mm -hmm. it is probably more valuable to have a Scrum master with technical experience. Over time, however, totally that value diminishes because the Scrum master is to kind of have the team become more self-organized and self-sufficient. So while it may be beneficial in the beginning for, and I'm speaking again from my own experience um, to add in, is it was useful for me to be able to teach the team and, and actually model the behavior of test-driven development um, and pair programming and mob programming to be able to teach people what it is and show people, hey, I'm with you on this journey. Over time, you step back because it's less valuable for you as a scrum master to be driving that change and you kind of want the team mm -hmm. themselves to take over that change. In that case, then it makes sense to step back. Having said that, one of my favorite experiences or, or observations of a new Scrum Master was um, a lady who had no technical experience at all, never mm -hmm. worked for a corporate company, never worked for a company that had done any form of software development or delivery, now being a Scrum Master for a team of technical people. So engineers, uh, designers, testers, uh, but this team had been quite experienced working together for a while. So they had a strong ownership mm. of their technical domain. Yes. She came in completely with the expectation about she's there from the facilitation point of view, from the mentoring, from the coaching point of view, and taught them mm -hmm. things that I never could have imagined. Things like uh, nonviolent communication, speaking about emotions, and mm. seeing the exponential growth of the performance of this team was just amazing to watch. So yes, there's value in having technical scrum masters, but no, not always. Right? Yeah. In fact, it, it probably in a way because you want to you know, show your technical side. Um, yeah. So that's kind of my long-winded view of it. No, I love that answer. That was a brilliant answer. And I'm going to, for me, why it's such a great answer is because compared to you, I'm still quite new in the industry. Um, so when people ask me about the Scrum Master questions or like, what do we talk about? What do we teach? It's more about the framework. It's more about, you know, what a story, uh, you know, user stories, what, how do you est do estimations and stuff like that. But if I listen to people like you in the industry um, that have been around a lot longer, the conversation is actually very different. Um, I went to a meetup and they spoke about understanding people's sleeping patterns and how to, uh, you know, how, how do you, uh, emphasize like when is the best time to do what and we don't have those conversations we're more about like velocity and you know all those other things um, but as you grow I love that I loved your answer it was it's brilliant um, so so from my side I, I wasn't the most technical person um, I was working in a, in a tech company didn't have the tech experience but I was exposed to it so I understood it um, and yeah it's obviously evolved and changed I didn't know all these things I've learned now but yeah I was more more of the servant leader. No, I loved your answer there. Um, it's, uh, yeah. Thank you for that. Um, what role do you kind of see Scrum Masters now? So, I mean, it's hard not to talk about uh, COVID and working remote. I mean, that's just, 
I hate to use the word, the new norm, but um, yeah. how do you see Scrum Masters now in this new way of working? Put it this way, we hired a Scrum Master during, during lockdown. So what do you feel is the important thing for them? So I'm aware of my bias here. Um, I feel they're even more important now than before. So maybe not necessarily just the role of Scrum Master, um, but the idea of someone looking after the well-being of the team. Um, mm -hmm. So really, really focusing on this individuals and interactions element. So uh, whether they're an Agile lead, Agile facilitator, Agile coach, Scrum Master, whatever you want to call it, um, there needs to be someone looking after the, that individuals and interactions element. Um, um, so, you know, when, when we move into this like crisis mode of, of COVID, the first thing we noticed at so many companies was this, let's fall back to processes and tools. Mm. Right? Um, first thing we need to do is make sure Jira is up to date and we need to put rules in place about who can organize and do certain things. And, you know, let's forget about, you know, the, the agreements that teams have made. Let's focus solely on what, you know, tools can do for example mm, mm. Uh, that was a bit of extreme example but i'm sure people will resonate with that because i do have experienced that <laughs> but but that's what happened is is you kind of need people to remind everyone that says hey we're, we're people behind these computers and it becomes so much more important when we're always interacting with a screen um yeah. even now while speaking to you it's the most tough thing i'm trying to look in your eyes but i also know yeah. the cameras over there so yeah no exactly I, I, I gave up on that <laughs> Yeah. So uh, from the scrum masters themselves, I'm like, you know, your role becomes more important. Your role becomes more focused mm -hmm. on how do we get the best out of our team? How do we really encourage this drive to actual interactions? Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, even though scrum and most agile frameworks love the idea of co-location, I mean, it's, in, it's mm -hmm. one of the principles, right? It's, yeah. Um, yeah. Most effective of communication is face to face. Um, it's most effective. It's not the only one. Right, so being aware of the fact that we can't be in person sitting next to each other, um, the Scrum Master has to become a lot more deliberate about remote facilitation. Um, yeah. and, I like and that word. Have yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I can give an example. Um, so I'm playing product owner. Like I said, we've got a Scrum Master now as well. And in our daily stand-up this week, I could just hear uh, in someone's voice, because um, another topic that we can talk all on its own is cameras on or cameras off. Um, but I could just hear in someone's, in the guy's voice that he was not in a good space. So straight off the stand up, you just send a message and you say, dude, what's up? You know, and, and it's, there's, who's doing that for the teams? People forget that, you know, I love the, the topic, like people want to get into the tech industry. They want to build products and everything. Right. And, and we say, oh, anything's possible. We just need to get, you know, uh, our understanding of what we want to build. Anything's possible. But behind that possibilities are the actual people that are building these things. Um, and you can't look at it like when, when as a product owner, you, you, you're dealing with the, with the, with the stakeholders and the, you know, the, the people that behind the, uh, the product itself, right? And they just want delivery. They just want delivery, delivery, delivery. I'm like, especially now when we're all remote and we all might be going through a bit of a tough time, you can't see them as a, as a, as a, as a machine that's in a, in a factory. They're a person, they're people, and they do still need to deliver. And someone needs to look after them and, and sort of help them facilitate their production and making sure that they don't yeah. just pull out work, that it's quality. And at the same time, looking out for them and the team in, in whole. Um, I do really feel that I agree with you. There's actually more of an emphasis on Scrum Masters at this point. Yeah. Um, because I was also in another, in another meetup or a coaching circle 
And one of the guys, you know, came out and said that most companies let go of their scrum masters during this time because they saw that it was, you know, excess. And I'm like, ah, that actually cringes me because they're playing more of a role now than probably ever. I don't know, but Mm -hmm. yeah, so I don't know um, if you agree with that. Well, well, I mean, I've I've definitely agree on the observation um, because that was an observation that I share as well. It felt like the first thing companies let go of was who are the people that are not directly contributing to our bottom line? That's Mm -hmm. what it felt like. Um, and that's kind of the difficulty with the role of Scrum Master is this, it's this indirect delivery, right? It's, it's kind of a, it's a value maximizer, right? In terms of mm. the team, right? It's they're, they're there to increase the effectiveness of the team and it doesn't, it's not always direct. Um, if a Scrum Master is really embracing the coaching um, stance or the coaching mindset, they've, they've got this concept of post-heroics, right? It's kind of, and mm. uh, no one gives you credit for doing the work, but um, in fact, there's an um, example from the coaching that we, that we teach as well, where it's, you know, a, a, when a client has a good coach, they say, wow, I have a good coach. But when a client has a great coach, they say, wow, I'm great. And that's the thing. <laughs> I like doing an excellent job. They don't get the credit for doing it, right? And that's, yeah. that's kind of the, like the scrum masters work that way. Yeah. Um, so it is interesting because um, even from a business point of view, so not even from an individual's point of view, uh, if COVID taught people anything, it's that you cannot predict the future. Yeah. Right. So agility and scrum and, you know, all these frameworks underneath this mindset of agility, embracing this mindset of agile is to go, well, you cannot tell the future when we have complex problems that we're trying to solve. Um, the way we do it is that we actually do something and we kind of inspect and adapt on what we've built. I was um, waiting for you to say those two words. Mindset. Yeah, so embracing that mindset, especially with, you know, a crisis like, you know, COVID is, mm. is, is essential. Mm. Um, so I remember at the beginning of lockdown, um, the uh, Harvard Kennedy School for, for Leadership, they actually mm-hmm. sent out a memo that mentioned that. They were like, whatever you choose to call it, whether it's design thinking, whether it's agile, whether it's, you know, any of those terms, that's the approach that leadership has to embrace. You know, it's the, we're going into the unknown, Let's build mm. something iterative, incremental, inspect and adapt. So those are the kind of the, the key words behind that. So yeah. um, it's interesting. It's interesting. I, I love um, I love this conversation. So thank you because I'm just thinking um, in my early days when I first um, you know the whole like going to fish, this wouldn't have made a hell of a lot of sense. And I'm, I can't wait for people to be able to revisit this hopefully as they go mm. along and once they get involved, they can actually unpack what you just said because. That was yeah. like brilliant. <laughs> the the topics around new people trying to get in, but that was a great like sort of overarching, um, uh, yeah, understanding of what agile does for companies. Um, so yeah, I advise people that are watching to to revisit that conversation and what 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 Bevan just gave us. Um, are there other trends that you're seeing um, at the moment or in the last couple of months? So let's. Let's look at COVID and outside of COVID. What kind of, because we talk about modern agility and all of that sort of stuff. Do you see any other trends coming out? Again, looking at people that want to get into it. Absolutely. So, I mean, there is definitely a trend towards full organizations moving in this space, right? So people realizing that it's not just an IT-based thing. So the Mm. whole concept of organizational agility, in other words, you know, different parts parts of the organization and, you know, broader business agility, having the business itself being able to become more agile in terms of what they offer and the value that they get from the market. And those are trends that are just picking up more and more and more. Mm. Um, 
So in terms of uh, where you are or starting off, uh, those concepts, those high-level concepts of business agility and organizational agility, uh, they do not work unless there's a strong foundation. Um, so all of them have their, their um, roots kind of, if, even if you look at some of the biggest scaling frameworks, they all start off with the, this idea that you need to get it right at a team level before you start you know, spreading it out um, and just mm. you know, kind of forcing your whole company to suddenly start doing daily standups and using tons of post-it notes. Um, <laughs> it's useful to actually do it at a team level. So in terms of team level ambassadors or leaders, um, you know, there, there's definitely a need. And we've noticed, at least from our side, that, that as much as there was a bit of a, a drop-off with the start of lockdown in terms of, mm. you know, a lot of scrum masters are being let go, um, hiring for those roles completely drying up, there's definitely been a pickup in the last few weeks as well. Um, mm. And I think people are starting to realize that, right? So as mm. more and more articles come out to say, hey, these are the companies that thrived, these are the companies that didn't, these were the common elements um, people are starting to see a need for that and realizing we actually need to get our teams back on track. Mm. Um, so it is quite positive from what I've seen. Okay. No, I, I can see that as well. Um, I think there's, there's so many things in the framework that provide value for a company, just prioritizing a backlog, for example, you know, inspecting yeah. and adapting and then looking at your backlog and, and prioritizing it. I mean, those are, that needs to be facilitated that those things need to be done and it helps the, the company in totality. So, yeah. Um, Bevan, we're going to wrap up. This has been amazing. But before we go, tell me um, sort of what are you up to? Is there anything that uh, any projects that you're uh, busy with, um, whether it's from Bevan's side or Think Agile? Anything that, uh, that you want to tell the people that you're busy with? Oh, uh, hmm. <laughs> um, well, uh, I think from, uh, from a company side, um, we're really busy focusing quite a lot on our coaching and consulting. So, mm -hmm. um, one of my pets little projects that we kind of started a while ago and we're trying to pick up is a recruitment product specifically for uh, Scrum Masters. Um, so we're partnering with companies. We've run it through a few iterations yet. Um, we're still learning on it. Um, but mm -hmm. the idea is that we would like to help companies with the competency side of Scrum Masters. So um, using our expertise of training Scrum Masters, certifying Scrum Masters, and you know, having been in the role for a long time, uh, we're trying to remove as much bias out of the process as possible. So we've actually mm -hmm. created a scientific model for the process. Um, and then charging a recruitment fee like a normal recruitment company. And then mm -hmm. um, we actually give that, that full fee back to the company for training credits. So part of the process is we give an evaluation and we say, look, these are maybe elements that the Scrum Master you're hiring could work on. Hey, we have training for this and it's, it's covered as part of the fee that you pay. Um, it's kind of for the industry. Um, mm. From a personal thing, I think my passion at the moment now is having conversations on, on equity. Um, so trying to get more involved in the Agile Alliance initiative to uh, speak about creating racial equity. So um, I'm sure you know in, in America they're going, um, they're having deep conversations about Black Lives Matter. In South Africa, mm -hmm. we have our own problems. So uh, th there's a personal passion that I have in working in starting those conversations here and seeing, you know, how can we kind of, um, talk about the role, the roles that are covered under Agile and, and how can we make it more diverse and how can we... Oh um, man, I love yeah. that. Do you know how many times I hear of companies hiring in India and Russia and whatnot and it just gives me a pain in my neck I'm like, so Africa, there's massive unemployment and we could be helping people fill these roles. Like, why aren't we focusing time on that? 
So yeah. that's great. Keep the conversation going, man. That's awesome. We will do. We, it's, it's new. I mean, we've, we've started it. We've had things before that we've done and it hasn't worked. So we've, um, um, obviously I'm, I'm part of the SUGSA committee as well. So SUGS has done mm-hmm. a lot of things as well. Um, and, and then we kind of realized that maybe there's the need for more conversation, even viewing SUGSA from a third, pers- uh, from a third person perspective as well. So kind of almost observing it outside the organization and seeing what we need to do differently as well. Um, so I'm excited. Um, it's early on, uh, but I'm looking forward to what we're coming out of. Um, the conversations we've had with um, really influential Agilist services have been really, really positive. Um, so I'm excited to see what we can do in the next few months. And, and, and that sounds that, you know, we can just awesome. Keep the agile industry. That sounds brilliant, Bevan. I wish you all the best. And um, we can chat, but send some links over and we can give it to people that want to get involved in the conversation. So let's please do that. Awesome. Cool. Well, Bevan, I'm going to cap it there. I feel like we could probably talk for another half an hour to an hour, but uh, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And um, hopefully maybe we can see you again. Awesome. Thanks so much, Bobby. Appreciate you for having me on. Cool. No, it's been awesome. Thanks very much. Cheers. Cheers, man.